Mastermind is back. It has begun. What's uh, everyone drinking? Um, I just caffeinated and now I have water. Sweet. Hey, Derek. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back on the pot. <laughs> real soft. <laughs> real soft open. <laughs> Matt, your your coffee is brewing in the background. Yeah, it's, it's done. Sound. The Nespresso is done. This is that this is that cup I shouldn't drink because I already can sense that I'm fully caffeinated, mm-hmm. but I'm bored and it's 2.14 and mm-hmm. I want to drink something. So mm-hmm. too early for yeah. beer. So it's another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's This mastermind might be a little here. more interesting if we all had a beer though. I mean, maybe we should try that sometime. Yeah. I mean, Peter's got the time. Uh, so yeah. That for it's that. always beer time here no <laughs> yeah you, you'd be having for, a nightcap for what point. you guys worry about <laughs> yeah it's uh i got my coke zero because it was too late for coffee but mm, still got yeah. that little little caffeine mm-hmm. tickle mm-hmm. yeah so uh awesome we uh we were gonna matt and i were gonna record a podcast today and we were also gonna do a mastermind so we thought why not do it all all together and just this is the uh, the two birds one stone episode yeah yeah <laughs> like it. How, how exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know i thought it could be cool to do some updates and then we can kind of just see um what everyone wants to talk about i mean normally we don't really have a structure for our mastermind mm-hmm. it's it's normally it's like the first person talks for 40 minutes the next person <laughs> talks for 15 minutes and then maybe the last person gets to talk for five minutes. <laughs> it's real fair. It's real fair. So you have to kind of like announce if you got something important. Mm-hmm. Up front yeah. If you it's want a very, it it's a very natural uh, way of doing it in the same way of like setting down, you know, a bowl of food in front of a bunch of <laughs> animals. <and> like the <laughs> run gets nothing. <laughs> it's like the run to the group gets undernourished, but yeah. that's okay. It's all about the winners. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> yeah. That's life. So that's so, why Savvy Cal's doing so well. <laughs> the winner has been chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, unless there's any emergencies, I think it would be good to hear from Derek what's been going on. I think two things I've noticed is you've been on a sort of a podcast tour. Mm-hmm. So, I. I've nailed the the Savical story here. Like, if anyone needs it, needs to hear it, I I think I could tell it pretty well. <laughs> and, That's what um, I've been trying to get get infused in your mind is the uh, yeah yeah the story yeah the real story the polished version no. <laughs> and then uh, I saw you did a, a product market fit survey mm-hmm. you emailed out. So yeah, I mean. Is there anything you can share about some of that stuff or what's yeah. been going on or other yeah. things that have been going on? So the um, the podcast tour actually, it's been, that's like one of the marketing kind of um, tools that has been in the, in the tool belt for a while. Like I think Rob, that was one of Rob's earliest like um, marketing pushes in the early days of Drip was just doing a podcast tour and it worked, worked really well. So it's been kind of on our list to do for a while, but um, I actually put the brakes on it. Um, we had been planning this, planning to like proactively, you know, go try to get on some shows and and pitch them and stuff um, a couple of months ago. And I just, I told Corey, like, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to do this. Like where our thinking was that I was going to do like an average of one or two shows per week. If we could, if we could manage that and like have a link set up specifically for that. Um, 
to send around and i was like i just can't i don't have the mental the mental bandwidth to do it i was feeling i've been feeling too like too many too many plates in the air so i kind of have put the brakes on it but then organically some of these kind of um guest appearances kind of just emerged and i was must have been feeling particularly like um in a in a mood of saying yes when i agreed to do them <laughs> so i was like I was like, yes, I I should come on Indie Hackers and do that. I've been meaning to do it for a while, so yes, I'm going to I'm going to just schedule it, get it on the calendar and then, you know, then I have to do it. And um and I also yeah, I had the opportunity to be on Tropical NBA podcast, which was pretty cool. Um yeah. Dan's Dan's assistant had reached out and said like, "Hey, we we're kind of a fan of Art of Product and been following the story and think it'd be fun for you to come on," which was really cool cuz I've been like a fan of Dan and Ian for way back i've kind of like fallen off the um off their story for a couple of years but i used to listen to their podcast a ton when i was just kind of like getting into this whole like more for the entrepreneurial side of it i mean they were doing more physical products and stuff and kind of the geo geo arbitrage nomadic stuff but still like it was just you know people who kind of think like think like i wanted to think about business and stuff and and kind of doing things a different way so that was a fun fun guest appearance I, I was pumped to see your name in the tmba feed i was like yeah i mean that's my that's one of the true og podcasts for me mm -hmm. like i have so many memories from like being a young digital nomad flying mm -hmm. around the world and listening to that podcast it's like they say in the in the outro or whatever like you, you listen on your like turn your next international flight into a business class or whatever. <laughs> and that's kind of like how I always felt like I love listening to TMB on a plane and like hitting play, like just when the plane was taking off. Nice. Like I just love the intro, like the whole, I, I, yeah, it was awesome to see you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Indie Haggis is cool, but TMBA, it's something special to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was, it was nice too, because I've been trying to, we've been trying to think about like for this podcast tour, like it's, it's cool to kind of make the rounds on the shows that are in our circle, you know, but I think there's a lot of the Venn diagrams are heavily overlapped there. And I suspect like there's, there's a decent overlap with something like TMBA, but also like there's probably a bunch of new kind of new people in that audience who maybe haven't heard of Savvy Cal yet. So that was, that was pretty cool. Totally. Nice. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, I think I have probably some more, some more kind of um, planned at the moment. And maybe I might as well just pull the trigger on like proactively, like let's just start the tour maybe, I don't know. Or maybe I'll just kind of keep it casual and just sort of um, do a couple a month or something if if, if it permits. Um, did you so, yeah. see any uptick in signups? Like at least, I don't know about TMBA, but I mean, Indie Hackers, yeah. they have pretty big numbers, I think. Yeah, I did. I, I am noticing a little bit of an uptick for sure. Um, and yeah, we have our kind of question that we added to onboarding of how did you hear about us? Because trying to track this stuff, like especially people coming from a podcast is pretty impossible in like metrics providers. So um, so yeah, I've been just seeing people mention Indie Hackers a bunch and a couple of TMBAs and stuff. So, so yeah. Cool. yeah. Joe Rogue cool. and Tim Ferriss, if you're listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> Heck yeah. I bet they are. <laughs> Tim's right here in Austin. Yeah. Um, I was curious. I haven't listened. I actually haven't listened to a lot of podcasts lately. Um, part of it is I actually haven't been on a lot of walks lately, which is when I listen to most of them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but uh, so I haven't heard either. I was curious. Um, are you? It sounds like you're focusing on the Genesis story as like the yeah. sort of the the seed, the the main thing you want to get people thinking about is sort of why Savvy Cal and why now. Yeah, both of them sort of started with, and I think both of these hosts, like Cortland and Dan, were both like it's pretty interesting to talk about like the level story kind of what, like the last rewind back a couple last couple of years and see what brought mm. you to this place. Cause there's a lot of kind of meat in there around like drip. Yay. And then level. Oh no. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> all the learnings that fell out of that. And, and, yeah. uh, and then like, you know, and of course that's been all chronal chronicled on art of product. So everyone's, you know, fell into the depths with me while, while level was imploding. And then, and then kind mm. of coming out of that. So I think there's there's kind of still an interesting story to tell there, um, which has been fun to to do that because it kind of makes the level journey more worth it for me. Um, you know, getting to mm. like getting to harvest those um, kind of nuggets out of it and share them, you know, so to hopefully benefit other people um, mm-hmm. makes it sting a lot less, you know, it's so. a hero's journey. Yeah. And yeah, and it's been fun Timeless because scale. going on, like it's been talked to death on art of product and even stars for the rest of us. Like I told that story a while back. So like, that's, you know, it's, it's already made it through those kind of um, podcasts already, but coming on kind of fresh ones where they're like, yeah, we haven't actually told this story in this place yet. And so let's do it. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, I think as, as founders, we're going to end up telling the same maybe five or six stories 500 times each or something like mm-hmm. that. It's like how yeah. it works out. And yep. that Genesis story is one of those chapters that you just keep re reciting. Um, yep. and then you, you co- you're going to end up with the uh, three minute version, the 30 minute version, the 60 minute mm-hmm. version, the mm-hmm. 30 second exactly. version of, of the same story. Yep. Uh, and then you'll have other stories. I think one other thing I was curious about is to what extent, and this might be shifting over a little bit more to the mastermindy part of this, mm-hmm. How are you thinking about Savvy Cal from a positioning standpoint these days? Because that's another sort of part. Of, it's another one of those stories, I feel like, is it's the me story, mm-hmm. which is that version of the Genesis. Uh, and then there's the part two, which is the Savvy Cal. You know, why Savvy Cal? Why now? Yeah. Kind of the product birth and positioning. Yeah. I was curious about that. Um, and then, you know, are you anchoring? And then specifically a lot of competitors or alternatives in the space, et cetera. But like, yeah, what's the latest on positioning? Like when you tell people, hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Savvy Cal is, <laughs> mm-hmm. how do you think of the is these yeah. days? Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I, when, when asked that question, I often start with the, the very, the most like understandable form of it, which is like, it's a scheduling tool. It helps people find times to meet with each other. And then, mm-hmm. When I actually get into though the meat of like why savvy Cal, it's like, I mean, I still go back to the the power dynamic issue, which is interesting because it'll see how we'll see how long that like lasts as the 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 key positioning piece. Um, mm-hmm. I think right now it's still I'm still making my way through the portion of the market that is very well aware of Calendly and all the other tools, and it's like they need to be they need to have a compelling reason really really quickly to understand why should they even care or give a second look at savvy cal you know mm-hmm. and and that's where i think that the the current headline like the current h1 which is like sending your scheduling link shouldn't feel weird um mm-hmm. 
I think that's why it's still working. Although it's like, it's hard to know, like, is it working optimally? I'm not sure because I'm not actively split testing it, you know? Sure. Um, but in my mind, it's, it is still working. It's interesting because I heard, I, I saw um, in, in this Twitter conversation, Ben Orenstein was like chiming in a little bit on, on his thoughts on my positioning and, and like from his perception, he's like, I feel like this is v your V1 positioning. And now like it's growing into a tool beyond that. Like that's not the thing people really care about was his perception. And that's an interesting like anecdotal data point for me because it's like, oh, maybe, I mean, maybe that's the case. Like maybe people who are looking at the tool, like that's less of a concern, but that's kind of not the feeling I'm getting still. Like I'm the feeling yeah. I'm still getting is like, hmm. um, I think people are speaking to a lot of elements of of the process that SavvyCal helps them with. They're, they're talking about one, being able to administer their links easier. Like our, our I think our our UI is nicer to use, but then like they really love the fact that it just feels like the most elegant experience for this, the person who's doing the scheduling. And that's all, I feel like that's all interconnected to this, like making the process smooth and delightful, you know, makes the process less awkward. So it's all kind of speak driving towards the same core problem, which is like, this is already a sticky, like, um, you know, it's, it's already can be a dicey situation when you, when someone introduces a scheduling link, like, does it, does it feel like you're pawning me off to some app to go do all the work or does it feel mm -hmm. better? And part of that is like the way you communicate it. But I think the other, a big part of it is like, what is the product experience when they click that link? How does it feel? Yeah. What does it make them yeah. feel? So, There's a lot that I think people's relationships with products evolve over time, mm -hmm. but the sharp hook <laughs> mm -hmm. is a first user sort of first run experience, if you will. Like I, I was actually thinking about Django, the web app, uh, Python uh, web framework, um, the web framework for perfectionists with deadlines. That's literally mm -hmm. the slogan to this day. Oh, wow. And you think about that and like, that goes back to its origin as a lot of, um, data journalists when that was a mm -hmm. thing used mm -hmm. it you know, a lot of newspapers, early newspaper, digital, digital journalists adopt it. And, and it kind of came out of, that was the substrate it came out of was like deadlines and yeah. perfectionism and that sharp hook, like really positioned them into the market. And they beat out a lot of other Python uh, frameworks at the time mm -hmm. with that, but they never changed the hook. It was always like the same leading edge, even yeah. though now people ask me like, what is Django? I would never say, it's a web framework because I'm because I'm a perfectionist with a deadline. I use Django. I would I would right. say like, oh, it's the web framework I use to build big web apps that are B two B SaaS and and everything else. So, I think, yeah, what's the having that sharpness on the H one? Probably, uh, it quickly fades in the rear view for people who adopt mm -hmm. your product. Maybe, mm -hmm. but you still need that way of cutting into their current thinking right like yeah there, some way there, of differentiating there might become a point where it becomes more of a liability or like something where people it's like increasingly people aren't identifying like they don't feel the same mm. deep reaction to it because if mm -hmm. i start to if i start to make it into circles where like oh, i'm just totally new to this whole like idea of a scheduling tool and if they haven't you know haven't used yeah. calendly before or even experienced that problem then they're going to read that and it's going to not make any sense which i think is that's a good point it, like if their if their first experience ever using a scheduling link is by someone else sending them a savvy cal link 
they won't get that because it's hopefully yeah. it didn't feel yeah. weird. <laughs> so yeah, like, that, no, that's it's funny. Not weird. It's what I want. It's like, yeah. 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 That's really so. But for now, um, it's working and it roll all the way kind of back up your positioning. That sharp hook is still there. You feel like it's working. Clearly people are signing up. Yeah. Um, but you are sort of my observation as an end user is it's funny. I'm kind of a, I don't know. I, I, I tend to adopt features that you roll out basically when I need them. Right. Which is mm-hmm. sort of what you would expect, but I, I, I'm not like, I consider myself a, I'm glad I have the link. I send out the same link to like most people, but then you rolled out that time blocks feature recently. Yep. Yep. And it really helped because I was in this situation where I do want to occasionally uh, allow people to book time with me to be, they ask me if I would sort of mentor them or meet with them on some semi-frequent basis to help them with their startup ideas or whatever. And I love doing that, but I definitely don't want that to just be open season. But then I also want to be able to just control that from within my calendar. So mm-hmm. like as I'm looking ahead and booking a vacation uh, for myself in my calendar, I don't want to have to go to my another tool and like remember to change or move around the times that I'm available for that. And I don't want to necessarily yeah. have to block out all of that time in my calendar either. So it's just really nice to be like, oh, I have a mentorship block on Fridays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like as this block goes, so goes my scheduling availability. And so I, I yeah. tried that out recently. And it just, I think that is in line with what Ben is saying in that mm-hmm. I don't think of you as the solving the awkwardness problem for me anymore. I think of you mm-hmm. as kind of being this really more powerful than I even need right now. Yeah. Like assistant scheduler thing. Yep. That I can even, I actually think about growing into what you have now mm. because the product is so far along compared mm-hmm. to what I need. I'm happy to pay what I'm paying, but you're right. You've actually outpaced my needs from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so I do this think, I, should... I think you have a big, I think you have actually an upsell opportunity with someone like me as I grow into your tool. Yeah. And then like, as my company grows, you're more than a calendar link for sure. You know, mm-hmm. and I sort of been scratching my head of like, yeah, savvy cows. It's a big, it's a thing. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what you think it is. <laughs> This this relates a little bit to my update actually because Bjorn and I have been looking at the product-led growth flywheel and mm-hmm. um, they kind of group users into four categories. So they start as evaluators, then they move on to be beginners and then regulars and then champions. And I think Matt is mm. in the champion category for Savical. So it's actually interesting, like on the landing page, it's like the thing that you try to get people sold on the idea. It For a lot mm. of people still, because... Basically, everyone is using Calendly. Um, it actually might be the right messaging, but then, as Matt is saying, like later on, like, like there's definitely, or there might be an opportunity to have a to play on some of those other features that makes it a power yeah. user tool that will make people grow into like champions and advocates and right it's like what are you yeah what do you optimize for in that because i guess the 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 main homepage is you know the ultimate top of the funnel you know where people are first first seeing what you're all about um and what i see the the trend i see in most other of competing tools is they have like extremely basic 
headlines. Like I think Calendly's like easy scheduling software or something like that. Like yeah. very, very bland. Um, which and it's interesting because I see Savvy Cal gets like mentioned it feels like almost on a weekly basis by like um, marketers who are doing like landing page teardowns and like calling out things that they like to see. And I feel like if we had if we had easy scheduling software in our on our headline, for example, it wouldn't be it'd be like, oh, it's just just another bland marketing page. So it feels like the, like right now our positioning is giving us some kind of it's giving us some kind of edge that's different. Mm-hmm. But is it different in the right way? I'm, I don't know. And will it how long will it last us? That's, you know, it's a good question to be asking. It feels really sharp. That's the word I keep coming back to is that mm-hmm. like a scheduling link is so concrete and it's so mm-hmm. contextual that I don't, it's just not vague at all. It's like, I know exactly what that is and where I use it and when I use it. And you're saying that's where you fit in. Yeah, That's very precise. And so like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's great to latch onto that. But then it turns out to be a keyhole into a, a much more right. robust product than a scheduling link. Yeah. Right? So it's like the wedge. It's the sharp little... It's the little like it's the chink in the armor <laughs> that yeah, like no, it is. everyone else is like, like, well, why should I even care about entertaining anything else? I'm using Calendly and it's fine. And I'm like, mm, sometimes it's awkward. And then, oh, yeah, sometimes it is. OK, fine. I'll check this out. Then they check yeah. it out and they're like, oh, <laughs> crap, this actually has more than Calendly in some aspects. Right. Yeah. So it's the, yeah. The wedge. It creates it creates customers, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it creates customers that maybe they have this feeling. And that's the other thing I like. I love about it is that it it's an emotional appeal mm-hmm. which is really that's also different a lot of people mm-hmm. don't go for the emotional that part of the value prop in their h1 they go for faster cheaper something um yep. save time and money this isn't yep. a save time and money at all it's like change your feelings <laughs> yeah or save your um save your reputation or save yeah. your you know yeah yep so that's cool. Um, I I think you answered all the way back up. I think you asked the question of it positionally. The product is now outpacing the H1, mm-hmm. but that's okay because you're in customer acquisition mode. At some point, you're going to get into like increase the amount Matt Wensing pays me each month somehow right. mode. Right. <laughs> yep. And you'll kind of come back around to, well, what's going to resonate with Matt given where he is and given the fact that he's only using 10% of the features, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. And thinking about how to slice and dice like per seat pricing and when to put things into a higher per user tier. You only have one tier, right? So, I have two. Technically I have oh, a premium okay. tier that allows you to remove the branding and it's $20 oh, per month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. And about, I would say about, um, 12 or 15% of my revenue comes from that plan, I think, right now. Okay. Um, but like, there's, for example, I'm working on this feature right now um, that I think is going to be really, really well appreciated. Um, and it's basically delegated account access, is what we're calling the feature. And like, so if you have an assistant that you want to basically mine your account mm-hmm. for you and set up scheduling links and manage your calendar effectively, um, cool. then you don't have to like share your credential like do login sharing which is just kind of weird like you just basically specify your assistant as having you know delegated access to your account and then they can basically manage their own stuff and yours and anyone else that they've been given access to Um, that's cool but like should that live on the base tier or is that a more premium feature i'm not sure yeah it it feels 
segmentation wise is a different sec it's a it is a segment that has an, a person like that mm-hmm. and they are already paying a person like that hundreds yeah. of dollars or more per mm-hmm. whatever so mm-hmm. it feels premium i will say this if the time blocks feature had been a part of the second tier i would have upgraded mm, interesting yeah i because it's just i was happy paying 12 right you gave me something more valuable i already felt like i was getting a good deal and i got it for free basically <laughs> so yeah if that if that had been like upgrade required i been like take it you know wow, that's so, so interesting because it's it's yeah. just something honestly it wasn't even on my mind thinking about like adding like segmenting by tier like i just I honestly didn't even think of it when I was building that feature. I was just sure. like working through the roadmap. But mm-hmm. I mean, you can always change it, you know. Now yeah, you yeah, you can grandfather in users it. who are already on it and and everyone else yeah. from this point forward or whatever. Um but like people who have a gripe about like people with that pain point mm-hmm. who are time blockers and that's how they love to do it. They do have a passionate opinion about this is how I want to do it. If you say and no other tool in the market does it, if you tell me it's 8 bucks more a month to be able to do it the way I want to do it, yeah fine yep. <laughs> yep here you go um so it's almost like the you know your price class like in Mer- i used to do um i used to work at a company that sold commodity products uh, of all things on the software team mm-hmm. uh, but they sold commodity products and one thing they would do is they'd say like how many people does this thing appeal to and oftentimes the only reason it was worth even having in the catalog was it appeals to a very small number of people, but the margins on it are going to be insane because mm-hmm. those people can't get this anywhere else. So it's like yeah. this exact size screw with this thread, with this whatever made out of this material, like we're going to charge a buck and we're going to buy it for five cents, you know? And so mm-hmm. I almost feel like the time blocks feature, it's going to appeal to a very small group of people, but who are passionate about it and can't get it mm-hmm. anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a matrix you could set up and say like, appeals to a small group you know the people who it does appeal to are zealous for it yeah you know and the availability of it elsewhere it's a rare it's a rare thing Mm -hmm. so let me uh it suggests that it could be yeah higher tier you know and then i get all the other things out of a higher then i get my branding to remove and i'm like oh okay i get i don't just get you love the branding stuff you're not just you're not just removing that you know but then there's surplus if i look at it that way i'm like okay it's eight bucks more but I'm not just getting the time blocks feature. I'm also getting, you know, this and this. Yeah. And this, so, and honestly, yeah. the ranked ranked availability, I could see that potentially kicking into a premium tier. You know, oh, yeah. because like, that's that's a very power user. Like, if you're concerned about offering multiple tiers of available and preferences and stuff like that, like that, that goes yeah. well beyond the kind of basic user use case. Especially if you can't get that from another tool in your space. Yeah. Right? Then it's like they can't even compare. They can't be like, well, I can do this in this tool and it's only $11 a month and I'm already paying you 12. It's like, no, you you literally can't do this anywhere else. So (laughs) for me, like the, the, the one part is the weirdness. Like I don't want it to feel weird sending a link to someone else. But the other part for me is like, I don't want it to feel scary to send my link to someone because they might just like screw Mm -hmm. up my day by Mm -hmm. picking an inconvenient time. Mm. But so it's like, I think the first bit of like making sure that people don't send like you don't want it to feel weird like when you're sending your link to someone that's the base tier because that's that doesn't make you a premium user that's just you know you're just trying to like be like a good citizen kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. and then but then if i care about protecting my time because i'm worried that like someone is going to screw up my day or like book 
book a, a call that I don't care about in the middle of dinner or something like that. Or I just care about like optimizing my day because my time is like expensive because I'm mm -hmm. like an expensive person or something like that. Like I probably, I'll probably pay more for those features. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that might be a way to slice it. Yep. Yep. Oh, and it's per user per month. So if you have a team, mm -hmm. can, can you do individual, you probably, can you do individual user upgrades? Uh, no, not at the moment, but that is, that has been asked about from time to time. And I've basically said mm -hmm. like, can't do it because I don't, well, I don't think you can mix and match products like that in a Stripe subscription, to my knowledge. Or so, maybe so you then can, uh, have to be on the same. Actually, maybe you can. I, I might be wrong about that. Um, I know you. I I don't. On so Slack has like guest user and multi-channel. A lot of different users, but I think generally it's like six thirty-two, six dollars and thirty-two cents per user, or then nine dollars per user. Like it, mm -hmm. everybody moves up. Yeah. Which then you're talking about like, oh, it's not just eight times Matt. It's eight times Matt's entire team. Yeah, and then I sent an email being like, "Hey, get, hey everybody, you you all have this feature now, but like I mm -hmm. approved it because I wanted it." <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, and it huh. might actually, honestly, that might be best handled by just like special case um, volume discounts or something. You know, working with if if you're a large enough team where the difference between twelve and twenty dollars per user per month is a problem, then we can Big number. we can chat um, mm -hmm. if you're over a certain count, and otherwise it's like. Sorry, we just don't. It doesn't. You know. It doesn't reset my billing cycle, right? If I upgrade, no, no, it just prorates. Okay. So that so it prorates. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, they won't even feel that full jump mm -hmm. the first month. It'll be like, right. you know, I'll go from twelve to twenty for three bucks. You know, yeah, times yep. whatever, and that's not too bad. Um, mm -hmm. So. Did we just shift into a? We just shifted into mastermind here pricing, which is like, uh, <laughs> so, this is good. This is how a good like the flow of a nice mastermind. I feel like yeah, <laughs> cool, good stuff. Nice. nice. So who wants to go next? I don't want to eclipse the whole time. We're at nice. We're at a solid thirty minutes of recording at this point. You, you got fed <laughs> half the bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, savvy Cal. Oh. I'll happily talk a bit because I, I have some stuff I want to run by you guys as well. Yeah, yeah. man, go for it. Uh, and I already mentioned uh, part of it, but yeah. So basically we, we had a feeling that we were just, because we've been very agile and just the goal was just to like get something, ship something that people could start paying for. And we kind of did that and, and a few people started paying for it, but then it's like, there's just a, long 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 list of feature requests and stuff that we know we need and stuff that we maybe need and, and we didn't have a structure for it and we were like we didn't even have a structure for how we work like we, it was everything was just ad hoc and we had I, I feel like we had some pretty good systems um when we were working on branch and we we kind of wanted just something similar and just some sort of framework for how to think about um you know what to build and when and how and and we we talked about we kind of missed my uh, big OKR plans that I used to do every quarter because I kind of stopped doing those because it's like I don't even know which company I'm working on in three months. <laughs> uh, so I did do an OKR plan at one point about like finding a new idea, but I was just kind of silly. Um, so we kind of like or I ended up sort of building or coming up with a framework that we've been using this week um, 
that is, it feels like it's working pretty well. It already helped us at least a bit. So it's kind of a mix of what we used to do with the Basecamp shape up stuff, um, which I think is, <laughs> is still a good, even though <laughs> people don't like Basecamp anymore, it's still a pretty good book. <laughs> and um, we're still using some of the stuff from there. <laughs> and um, we're just doing way shorter cycles because we're a startup. So we kind of, we, we decided we want to do basically the cycle goes from Monday and then through Wednesday, the next week, and then Thursday and Friday in that week is the cool down. So we get, we get to like work really hard one week, but then not deploy Friday afternoon and then have like Monday, maybe to deploy, maybe Tuesday, if we need to fix some stuff or, you know, we forgot because some like, it's so early. So like sometimes we just release a feature and then we realize, oh, actually we need a backend for it as well. Or like just something stupid like that. So, yeah. um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of like what we settled on and then mix that with, um, notion, they actually had a pretty good, um, template for roadmaps. So we adopted that to use our own, you know, jargon, I guess. So. We, we, we took all the feature requests, we merged everything from all the different uh, boards and lists and stuff that we had, and we created some themes. So it's like field types, it's the form builder, it's integrations, it's, we have a feature called stability, <laughs> which is pressing as well. And, um, and we have different types of um, features. So we have just, we have something we call bug and we have something we call janitor, which is like upgrade stuff or, you know, set up some sort of tracking or whatever. We have baseline features with stuff that's delightful because we wanted to, like we've, we kind of felt, I felt a little stressed that like every, we need to, we need to keep building cool stuff. It's like, we have an MVP, we have baseline features, but we also like, we can't just stop like innovating or coming up with cool stuff or, you know, like everything, a significant part of the stuff that we build needs to be something I can tweet about because that's our only marketing plan right now. <laughs> Are you subcasting me? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, but I mean, it works. If it works, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Every time I tweet, we get like a handful of signups. So, I mean, there you go. Um, I think the most important thing we did is like we we decided or we, we kind of made a checklist for when we do the planning for the cycle, or the kind of like the shaping that we need to be very clear about who we're building it for. So kind of like the persona. And then we looked at the product led growth flywheel that I just talked about and being very clear about where in the flywheel we're, we're trying to optimize. So this week we, we, needed to figure out what to work on basically because it wasn't immediately obvious which one which what to pick from the list i want i my only criteria criteria was that it was something that would be delightful so that it was something we could talk about and that people would be excited about and not just like we now have drop downs or something like that because it's, mm -hmm. it's just not exciting enough and so we looked through all the onboarding surveys that people had filled out and it's pretty crazy. It's like 
I want to say 70 to 80% of the people that have registered so far want to do basically the same thing that you guys have been using it for, which is like early access stuff. And it just feels like that's, it's an easy use case. It's a pretty valuable use case. It's a simple use case. It's like, it's, it's just, a, it feels like the perfect use case in this, like in between, like we don't have all the power user features that other tools have, but, and, but we have something that looks good. Um, so we kind of decided we want to double down on that persona, like startup founder or yeah, basically that like startup founders or like we, I think Corey Haynes, he kind of like fit, he fit in that persona as well. We think of him more as like a marketer, but I guess he's, he's running his own startup as well. So he's kind of is a startup founder. Um, and basically we had two, we had two big features that we really wanted to build this week that were both kind of like in the delightful category. The one, the one actually came organically when we were just talking about the persona and kind of looking at where people, what, what people said in the onboarding survey and where they, where they, where they got stuck. Um, and that was templates because we realized a lot of people signed up, but then they didn't do anything. Mm. And we, they don't really see what the tool can do. Um, so it would be nice to just have like a one click see like you just said you want to do an early access form click this button if you want the early access form to just be made for you um and the other thing we wanted was we really want to build tagging into the responses view so when you browse through your responses you can just mark something as i don't know like scene or give it a tag or something like that so if you're like if for example if you were doing the early access list if you started inviting people, it would just be nice to be able to say invited. <laughs> I, I, um, I can test, I, I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. So that's something we need ourselves. But then we were like, we were talking about like which one to pick and like, and, and kind of like the stuff we started talking about was like, how long would it take or like which one would be easiest to build stuff like that. But then we actually were like, we should go back and look at that flywheel again and then it just became very obvious that templates is like an activation thing and tagging a response is like a power user thing that's it's not helping anyone get started <laughs> using the product so it just became immediately obvious that we needed to build templates first so that's what we're working on this week i think it might actually be out tomorrow if we're lucky um so we're, the it wasn't really long enough for a whole cycle of our new cycle length, but um, I guess that's not bad. Hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, um, kind of going back to your your initial stuff you were talking about, about like adopting more process in, in uh, figuring out how to build stuff. Like what were you feeling as the main, like what was the big thing you felt like you were missing? You, you mentioned missing like the OKRs and some of the, some of the processes you had before, but I also get like my skepticism gets raised when I hear like um, wanting to Structure, add, process, add yeah, yeah, too much process like too early on. Like, yeah. um, so I guess what what was breaking that made you want to solve that thing that was breaking with process? 
Yeah, I think the the main thing that was breaking for us was we we start we saw ourselves for like a week or two going into and I even been talking about this on this podcast into sort of maintenance mode a little bit where like we we have a lot of big feature requests but they're from completely different types of users and some of them when we think about it are not really the the people we're, we're building for right now anyways but they still sound important and there's someone like trying to use the product that can't use it and are like telling us they can't use this because they need something which mm-hmm. is like kind of sucks <laughs> but then when you have we we basically we just had a long list of like stuff that we needed to build that we've just added to a list over the past month or so mm-hmm. or bugs and stuff like that and it was just it just became too easy to just pick the first bug mm-hmm. <laughs> and just fix that and so, then pick the next one so to, re, to we, rephrase to reframe it you felt like you were becoming a little bit too reactive to yeah reactive and kind of like losing track of our overall vision Mm-hmm. and and on a slightly lower level maybe just like the the like who we're building this for mm-hmm. um and it made it really it made it really difficult to make decisions and yeah it was very reactive it's like it was on a day-to-day basis like we just got on a call every morning at nine and talked about like okay what do we, we want to build today? Today? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And we actually decided now that we're not going to do that. We we decided that we're just gonna we're gonna have a meeting on Monday where we plan the next cycle, and we're gonna default to not have any meetings unless there's spe- like something specific that we need or like something we need to do on Tuple or something like that. Hmm. So, yeah, we're actually I, not gonna do that. I guess I would say like, I don't know if this is um, if you're you're open to. Um, <laughs> potential alternative like modifications to this process but like something that rob and i did um with drip in the early days was we kind of had just like an ordered list of thing of the roadmap the top issues that we wanted to build and we kind of had a long backlog too of just things that we felt like we were probably going to build at some point but weren't actually sure of the priority and we would basically meet up every felt like week or two and kind of re reevaluate the ordering that we had put in place for the top 10 things or whatever and and gut that che- gut check them against like yeah are we is this is this the right thing to be building for the right audience the right the right market segment right now and and all that kind of stuff that you're talking about um but it wasn't i guess it wasn't super rigid in like saying this is a four week cycle and we won't mutate anything within this cycle like it was we were always open to like potentially something coming on our radar and like causing us to shift priorities that day yeah. you know in, in the event i think that we i don't think i described it like super well but that is like what you're describing is very close to what we just yeah. decided to do and the reason part of the reason why we didn't do just one week but we added those extra three days was actually because we wanted like when we we're adding stuff to the so the only reason we we kind of do the shaping is just to take I don't know, five things, the five most important things right now from the roadmap and to another list. So it's easier to see, (laughs) keep track of like what's on top. And then the reason we added those extra days is because we want to make sure that we always have time to like, if someone needs something today, we could just do it today. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we always have like two extra days or something like that, just to like, that's, like we always want to have time to 
be delighting customers like have that like that turnaround time of like hey like can i like oh, can i order my responses in like descending order or something like that and we could just ship that in half an hour and people are excited yeah. about that so like yeah that that was very much built into the the process i Got just it. kind of forgot to say it. yep that makes sense yeah so we we try to keep it open but we just we just need a container for like this is what we said <laughs> like mm -hmm. th this is some stuff that we think is important right now and let's also remember to talk about why we think it's important and who mm -hmm. we're building it for and it also like while because it's mostly bjorn coding right now which is not really true because there's all sorts of other things that i'm coding on but it's primarily him like working on the big features but then if we're doing it on a more like day-to-day -day basis i don't really it's easy to like i i kind of what I'm trying to say is basically when, when I know it in, in advance, what he's working on, I have more time to like, think about like, Hey, how can I turn this into a, tw a tweet thread or a blog post or do mm -hmm. a screen recording, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I'm more like prepared to talk about the stuff that he's working on because yeah. I know like two days in advance that it's probably coming out. Yep. Yeah. So overall we just needed just a little more structure, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say like when when it was just me and Rob, we were in very tight kind of constant communication about what was in flight and what was what was being worked on. And we were just constantly talking about progress, like pretty like just we had a Slack channel. We just everything happened in general because it was two of us and we were just like, yeah, I would give updates about stuff. So we were like had this very close, um, close read on like what was happening. So it was sort of functioned as like as a solo founder in the sense of like when, when, yeah. you know, there's a very short communication loop and it's, it's very tight. And obviously that gets harder and harder as teams grow and, and you've got more yeah. simultaneous work happening and stuff. So yeah, I'd like trying yeah, to, like it's, it's well. a good aim to like, try to keep that, like keep you guys functioning as effectively one brain, you know, as much yeah. as possible. Cause that's your, that's your unfair advantage at this stage to be able to move really swiftly. Yeah. I mean, we're doing the same thing. And I, I've listened to your you you and Rob's launch documentary many <laughs> oh, yes. times actually, and I kind of, in many ways, I think modeling this in the sort of a similar way, on a on many different levels. I I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So the other thing that's kind of on my mind is customer development and. I started sending out invites, which was exciting. Um, I just looked at the numbers. It looks like I've sent about 50 invites, so it's not a lot. Um, but, and I, th I don't, I think I mentioned last week that I got two paying customers and that number is actually still the same. So the thing that's, that's kind of happening right now is we have a very high, uh, conversion rate on people creating an account after they i send them an invite so it's about 80 percent of the people that i email they go and create an account um which i think that's a good sign it's like at least people care like if they didn't like if i had to convince them to go and create an account that would be like a super bad situation to be in but most of them don't build a form and i had a tweet thread about this yesterday that was kind of like meant for myself but 
I know there might be a million different reasons why you don't need a, f- a form when I send you an email telling you that now you can build a form. It's like, it's not something you just need all the time. So right. I understand that that's kind of like <laughs> just the premise or whatever, but I, it, I still, I, I mean, I, I would still hope that more people signed or build a form or even just a test form. Like some people do that and just put like some random stuff in there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. The thing I'm planning to do right now is just send people an email and ask them about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, validate your assumptions first and foremost. But like it, to me, it feels like you um, like my own experience with reform was I had a couple different forms that I kind of knew I was going to need to build or or had like it was on the list. They were they were active to do items for me. And yet it was like not the most pressing thing on my plate and in that week or couple yeah. first couple of weeks that I got access to the product. So I went in, tested it out a little bit, played with it, and basically got to the place of feeling like, okay, yep, feel like I have the tool for this job. And I could theoretically like if I was handing this off to a teammate, I could like leave a note there saying, Yep, got a reform account. Use that when we get around to this. You know? Yeah. So I wonder if there's well, first you want to like give people that experience right of of becoming sure when they get first decide to create their account like the goal right is to like make them feel confident that like the the very next time they need to you know pull a form tool off the shelf this is the one they're going to pick um right yeah i think that's the best i can hope for really and then like you also want them to commit financially right so like i don't know i wonder if there's in this early phase this may be a terrible idea but like some kind of like um incentive like discount or something to say like if you if you buy it now you lock it in now for a year or something and maybe you're already doing this actually um but like I'm lock not. it in now for a year and you'll have it when you need it in the next week few weeks or months or whatever um so then it's like once in the moment where they're feeling most convinced and most like yeah this is great this is so much more elegant and i know i'm going to need it in the next couple of months and i can get a i can get a nice deal on it right now um yeah to lock it in. Yeah, I, I, I actually think that could work. I've kind of filed that in the optimization category a little bit because it feels like, I mean, there are a few different things like that that I could think of that would improve the signup rate. But I, I think what I'm worrying about right now is more if, if, if something is broken. Like, I think I think it's a really good idea and maybe I should do it, but it's more like, should I, like, I need to know if it's because people register and they're like, oh, they don't have that feature. Right. Move on. Or it's like, oh, that looks great. I'll come back in a month when I need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is hard to, it's pretty difficult to cast true, accurate light on that in my experience. Like people, people cancel all the time, Savvy Cal and, I get a very low, low um, conversion rate on the the question that I send via email shortly after they cancel. Like, and I feel like it's a pretty carefully worded like email. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm just. It would be help me so much to know like why you decided not to continue, and almost nobody responds to it. So it's hard. It's hard to get that data, you know. Yeah, but it's super valuable if you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think 
the the I would like to ask for the money when I know that the tool does what they need, if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, right? One like one thing you've talked about with Savvy Cal is you don't want that like those like zombie customers, yeah, that paid for a year but you don't learn anything until that year has passed and they cancel and you ask them and then maybe they say something. Mm-hmm. But it's like, so it's it's kind of risky to ask them for a year upfront just. Because right now the thing that I don't know if it's, it's like have we completely oversold this product on the on the website and are right. people like expecting like a utopian form solution that just solves all their form problems mm-hmm. and that's why they'll pay for a year like I think the the landing page is doing a very good job people like what we do there so like if we just charge people and just market it that like you know even like the the our tweet launch tweet has like hundred thousand impressions. Like mm-hmm. we, I, I could probably make quite a lot of money just by selling it, like selling deals on it. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to make sure that I don't shoot myself in the foot. Like I want to, well, that's the other concern is like, how, how urgently do you want to stock up the cash coffers too? like for yeah. runway extension purposes, I guess it's kind of a selling annuals at this stage would be kind of a twofold. Like one, you can maybe learn if, if people are kind of in that mindset of like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy it because I know I'm going to need it eventually yeah. and I'll lock, lock in a nice deal. And also you'll get some money in the door, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it would be yeah. enough to move the needle, but um, yeah. And hopefully like if they p- pay for it, they're more likely to tell me if they need features mm-hmm. because... Right, it's, you're effectively... What they're doing is saying like, I'm expecting this tool to meet my needs within the span of this subscription that I just purchased. And that's kind of right. good pressure for you to have in one hand. Yeah, um, that's actually a good point. Yeah. You're nodding, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about this. It's, uh, it's funny, you know, there's so many physical products that you buy and then you don't use them right away, but you still paid for the yeah. darn thing. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> fire extinguisher is an extreme example where it's like you buy a new one every what you're supposed to every certain number of years and you maybe never use it. But like in software, we don't get away with that and we get away with really high margins, but we don't get away with that. Like people just the just in time, you know, purchase. It's like the ultimate. And I think physical stuff is going that way with Amazon, et cetera. It's like, I'm not going to buy something until I need it because they can deliver it tomorrow just trying to think like how can you along with Derek saying how can you somehow get somebody to buy something while they're there like in advance of the pressing need and you know maybe it's just the marketing language and not so much a change in the offer but um you know how do you make sure that they come back to you when and then the other thing is so that's like I don't know the answer yet <laughs> just thinking about that and then the other part was you're just in such a giant volume business. It's crazy that it's quite possible you're doing nothing suboptimally or wrong. You just don't have 150,000 people a month coming to your website yet. And that any form company of any reasonable success just needs gigantic volume to grow because it's always true that 98% of people that sign up for a forms thing, don't use it right away and don't pay. And you just, you just have to build up the volume and the time and that's the numbers of this business. We've talked about this before. Like it's insane. That's the business you're in. So I, I, maybe there's nothing I, I you can talk, do about it. <laughs> I was talking to my aunt this weekend and she, she didn't know what I was working on. So she asked about it and I, I explained the, the product to her 
and she's like a normal person. Like she's, she's in her fifties. She's a journalist. She lives in like the fifth largest city in Denmark. She's just like a normal person. And, and, and she was like, can you compare it to like any other product that I might know? And I, I tried like, I, I, I tried mentioning type form. She'd never heard of that. But then she's like, is it, is it sort of like Wufu? And I was like, yeah, it's exactly like that, but just like built for like 2021. <laughs> nice. And she's like, oh, I'm using that all the time. But yeah, you are right. Like it does look kind of old and, but it, you know, it does all the stuff that it needs to do. And I'm like, this is just such a big market. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like once we keep coming back to this point with, with uh reform, but like once the product is ready, like getting a million people to sign up for this thing, it, you, you, you have a business as long as you get enough people to sign up. It's almost that kind of game where it's like, you know, yeah. it's going to become a market. It's going to become an acquisition game because this is the market's some, so like, big. Branch of <laughs> imposter syndrome, I think, as well, because I keep telling myself that it's not real. Like the customers we have now are not real. Mm. Like I even, but then when I think about it, like even myself as a customer, I'm paying. Like I'm one of the customers for Reform right now, and I'm actually getting a lot of value out of it, and I'm. Like I actually think I account as a real customer because I'm using it all the time and I'm getting value from it and I'm paying for it and it, yeah. But I still like keep telling myself that it's like, oh, it's it's not real or like if I charge people then maybe they just pay because they're nice or like I'm just it's it's the whole mom test thing and like being burned from the old startup and stuff like that. So let's say there's 10 million potential customers for this tool. I don't actually know what it is, but it's probably a lot more than that. Let's just pick number 10 million. In that 10 million, there is enough people like me and Derek and you just for you guys to have a sustainable business. If you could yeah. just line those people up and have them be the first people to use and try it, you would have, you'd be batting like a thousand, you know, and you'd build, you'd, that's the shortest path to building a great sustainable business. If we could be one percent of Typeform, we would be a million dollar business. Sure, and that might be just lining up the one percent of the. I mean, it's probably less. It probably a tenth of a percent of that ten million are people like us that we just described. So if you could just somehow yeah. sort that giant group <laughs> and put us at the top and just reach us first and get us to sign up first, you'd have a business. Your entire challenge is like sorting that giant market so that those people sign up first and you don't get distracted by the person that should have been four millionth in line signing up now and making you think yeah. that they carry 10% weight because they don't, they're just one of 10 and you accidentally serve them now. But like if perfectly <laughs> sorted, like you'd be, <laughs> that's the, the fastest path to a great business. So you actually have enough now if you just sorted <laughs> it properly. Right. And then that's the entire reason that you work on your H1 and your resonance and everything else is that like, okay, is, do I just want to like fish with the, what, you know, what Derek and Matt's and Peter's are going to want? Like, is that enough? I think once you know, that's enough, like you, the problem is you're never going to get perfect sort on that, but you, your product is already good enough. Like I'm not canceling anytime soon. Your product's already good enough. Ryan, the you other can't. day, he's like, hey, we need to do a survey. I can, I know. <laughs> like there's there's no button. Um, <laughs> but 
the other day, Ryan, uh, who works at Summit, was like, "Oh yeah, we should do a survey next." And he's like, um, "He's like, yeah, I should. I, okay, I'll, I'll go look for a, a survey tool." I was like, "Time out, hold on. We can use we can just use Reform for that." He's like, "Oh, uh, okay." He's like, "Yeah, it's got these abilities and these abilities." He's like, "Okay, cool. Like done." So we're going to be a multi-use case subscriber of yours within the next week or two. Uh, you are already actually find. Okay. Yeah. Find more like us, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a marketing challenge, not a product challenge. So in some sense, what I'm saying is shift your thinking to the marketing challenge soon. Ner, so that you don't just slog through these little waves thinking that somehow you have to make them all happy. It's like, yeah, you really don't. Mm-hmm. You can make nine out of 10 unhappy as long as you're getting 10 batches of 10 a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really solid advice from, from both of you guys. But I think, I think first order of business for me is doing a little, a little diagnosis and Mm-hmm. and then take it from there. But I think you're definitely right. And I think getting people, to, it probably can't hurt to get people to commit a little bit more. And yeah, somehow. Yeah. Or just, I mean, re- experiment with, actively experiment with that yeah. as one of the things of like, how do you incentivize that? How do you make that into a scalable, repeatable thing? There's even yeah, a, f- and- there's even a like free trial. I was just thinking like, how do you get somebody to put more skin in the game? Even if I give you my credit card number, if I go through that work and give you my credit card number to why to get a free trial of the premium features or whatever, to be able to try the form live, maybe I don't need the form right now, but like at the price point you're at, just not going through that twice in 30 days, I'm going to give you the $19. I will. Other people might not, but like, I don't want to give you my credit card number twice and go through that motion. Like if my trial's up, I'm going to pay you even if I don't need the form for 30, 60, 90 days, probably, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's stuff. Yeah. But people need to be building the form first. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I think this, this might be totally fine. Like it might just be that people are literally like, they're just going to use reform the next time they need a form. Like they, and they're just wanted when they got the opportunity, they wanted to see the product and they saw it and, at least a percentage of them were like, great, we'll mm-hmm. come back later. Mm-hmm. So probably also like marketing is something that will keep reform top of mind for them. Yeah. I think that like the monthly updates email we've been, that's yeah. been works pretty well for us. Um, I feel like, you know, it's it because anyone who has tried the product and maybe hasn't activated fully yet gets those updates. So they're con- it's sort yeah. of a, frequent but not annoying reminder of like hey we're still here and we're adding stuff and maybe there's going to be something some people just discover a new feature that we released that month and they're like converted you know and other people as your, your emails are really good i always get excited about them awesome. for some good. reason yeah <laughs> that's good that, that's where i feel motiv- incentivized to keep my change log up to date because i will go through the steps of like mm-hmm. my little process for creating a change log thing creating the little teaser image then i tweet about it and a lot of times I'll create that while I'm doing like working on it to, to, to get people excited. And then, and then, yeah, I post the change log thing. And then Corey draws from that when he, when he compiles the, um, the updates email along with whatever else happened. So nice. Yeah. yeah. 
I uh, I think that was me. <laughs> Sorry for going a bit long, but uh, it's great. It was Matt's, very helpful. Matt's the runt this time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm gonna tell my investors. Look, my mastermind's treating me like the runt. I don't know what you expect me to be able to do, given that, but you know, but trying, really trying to find the space of the bowl here. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, no, like Giles was out of town, right? Yeah, he was. He uh, <laughs> took a yeah, exactly. Well, there's my other excuse, right? Um, <laughs> actually, I was thinking about that this past week. Uh, it's cool the way the product is set up that um, I can ship improvements to the language without Giles doing anything to the front end. So it's sort of like mm. you know Python or Ruby or whatever can imp- is distinct from TextMate or Sublime or whatever, where you know he's really building out the IDE the front end experience, if you will, but like I can ship a new feature of the language without him doing anything. So that's what I spent most of my time doing while he was gone uh, was just fixing, fixing some bugs and uh, shipping some new event types and um, some pretty major enhancements. So that feels good. I mean, one of those that's easier to describe probably here than just tweet about is like you can reference other events now, which is a really powerful feature um, that I wasn't even sure I was going to do. And then we finally pulled the trigger and did it. Because um, without so that, yeah. you would have had to use the arrow. You would have to have it flow into it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to basically use the boxes and arrows just to derive measurements using your model. And mm-hmm. Since making that decision, a lot of stuff has become really clear, which is nice. So I've, I did invite, um, to that point, invited about a dozen folks last week to try it. Out of those dozen, maybe four actively have uh, given a test drive so far, which is fine. 12 would have been too much at once. Um, and uh, they asked for that feature. They kept asking for that feature. <laughs> I was like, fine. So I reluctantly built it, but then as soon as I did, I saw what they made and what basically has come out of it is that rather than the model, which is the boxes and arrows, getting more and more confusing with a bunch of extra arrows and boxes just for the sake of measuring things, they're building models now where that boxes and arrows, that graph is very clean and distinct. And then down below, they've got these little boxes that are all just measuring things about that. So mm. then I took a step back. I was like, oh, you know, that graph there, that is the operations of the business. The little boxes down below are the metrics mm. that they're trying to capture about the operations of that business. And it's really nice to have them separated out like that because yeah i thought about it's the kind of stuff you would throw in a powerpoint like so you talked about like it's a combination of excel and powerpoint and it's Mm -hmm. like the model is the the excel stuff and the 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 other stuff is like you know divide by 12 to get the runway that's right that's something like that's a slide in your investor update or something like that yeah so they so um one of the users he just he created six of those metrics already, put them at the bottom right, and then drew his business using the boxes and arrows. And the metrics are like profit, target profit, which is a percentage of revenue, 
the gap between the targets and the actuals, you know, so on and so forth. So we had like six accounting terms as events down here at the bottom right, which which puts them into the output. Hmm. But then his business is just this really simple, clean, you know, five boxes and arrows all connected. And I was like, oh, you know, to use yet another metaphor, it's like, that's the patient. That's the actual thing. This is the, these are the biometrics, if you will. These are the metrics about the thing. And it's yeah. really nice to be able to separate those, you know, because hmm. now I think that's part of the problem with, with the spreadsheet is like, cause entrepreneurs, we conceptualize our businesses and then we get into a spreadsheet, which is an accountant's world. And it's all mixed together. We see like a bunch of terms we're not really familiar with. Like what is, what is operating earnings? And like, where does that fit into? I don't, I don't touch, see, feel, or work on operating earnings. It's just a concept. This allows you to like totally separate those and just say like, mm-hmm. this is a column of, of accounting terms. This is your business. And then I was on the phone with an investor today. I had a zoom call check-in and he said, um, what if you created those metrics in advance, put them on the board and because they just refer by name to events, well, the events don't exist yet, but that's okay. So the metric will be blank, mm-hmm. but now you can build your, your body, your skeleton, your actual graph as you build it. The metrics populate. Oh, I love that. Automatic, so automatically, right? Yeah. So you're like, I don't know how to calculate a profit margin or percentage profit, whatever, eh, all that stuff. But I know people want it. But you're mm-hmm. saying if I just draw my business over here and use these names, mm-hmm. like those will just automatically populate. Hmm. Okay, that's great. I just get to draw my business and the accounting stuff just happens on its own. And those could be anything. It could be SAS metrics, accounting metrics, mostly accounting terminology and whatever. And it's like a lot of clarity suddenly on, oh, that's that's like a progress bar now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like, as you flesh out your business model, more and more of those accounting metrics will fill out. And if they're not filled out yet, that's fine. It's just one empty row. But like, if you want to play it like a game, you know, basically, oh, I don't have a profit and loss. I don't have a net income row populated yet. Why? Oh, because I have a revenue item, but I don't have an expenses item. Yeah. Well, I can add an expenses item and like, ta-da, here's that. And I didn't have to like open up an accounting book to learn what net income is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, th- so kind of a breakthrough. It's kind of like a read-only mode over there. Yeah, for because somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, that's read only. You don't mutate. You don't mutate the data. Like in oh, those. Oh yeah, those things are read only, right? Yeah, that's so just it's the like EKG. read model and write models, kind of mm-hmm. like or like immutable in a sense because you just you don't change anything about the business. You don't change like you just show stuff. You just read values, right? Yeah, they're Which sort of set what... formulas. They're they're predefined yeah. formulas that mm-hmm. just that are powered by. Um, the the inputs, the parameters, the function parameters, you know? So right. it's, yeah. Yeah, and those references are canonical. It's like revenue minus expenses or mm-hmm. revenue plus Because expenses. you can give this, in yeah. Excel, you can't give the cell a name. Yeah, you can't refer, exactly. In Excel, the mm-hmm. best you can do you to share. To the, <laughs> yeah. It's like a variable where you refer to the, its address in memory instead of the name of the variable. Yeah, That's which is right. terrible. F2. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah go to <laughs> bang revenue is way better than F2, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Literally, yeah. what's an F2 if everybody's spreadsheet is different? But in this case, yeah. it's like if you have a row called revenue, this formula will work. Yeah. Okay. Like, cool. I mean, even just little things it's, like that, the fact that they're named, that these things are named as opposed to a, a visual, like a column, row column reference is just mm. like that alone makes this way more enticing than a spreadsheet and a million other things of course but like it's crazy it's, how many different little hooks you have on yeah. like, <laughs> it, it's insane how it's like it's it removes the like the complexity of your model is kind of removed from the presentation so like in the old world if i'm a cfo and i want to share like a template for how to show all your SaaS metrics like i need i need to have in order for this to work for everyone like i need to have all the nuance in my in the model itself so if i'm me and i just want something super simple like i just want like expenses and income and whatever like super simple then i need to like ignore like 20 rows in this excel sheet and yep. i don't know if it's accurate anymore but like here i can still use the presentation logic but just build a super simple model and that's really insane actually that you could do that yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's it's exciting. Um, I I feel like we're on the second wave of people trying it out. They're more demanding. I think they're happy now. Um, but we also launched the integrations feature, and one thing I noticed, uh, half of it, let's say, um, it doesn't have the type ahead. Where like you, so if you put in an exclamation point, you can reference another event, like we were just talking about. If you put in a dollar sign uh, and a mustache or curly brace you can actually reference like a metric that you've connected through profit well or bear metrics or chart mogul um and we're going to add also insane we're going to add plaid and a whole bunch of others yeah so you end up with this uh, catalog of values that you could draw in to any of your to any of your modeling and uh we're going to do type ahead for that next or that's what giles is working on this week so basically put in a dollar sign it brings up a list of everything in your catalog and then you just select and tab and boom, you know, it pops it into place. Um, mm. So that opens up a whole nother world because, you know, now you're talking about this model you built, which you can start to replace your assumptions with systems of record and then cron or schedule this thing to run. And that gets emailed to you. And, you know, you can kind of grow into it. So it's kind of goes from a napkin to, a system like a actual scheduled um report basically mm -hmm. um but what i noticed is that people i think that the people who tried the tool that didn't have integrations they liked it they were a little bit more spreadsheet-y in their approach like they challenged the product from a spreadsheet parity standpoint and the folks that had metrics were more just like kids in a candy shop going i've never used a tool like this the fact that I can just pull in a number instead of going, copying, pasting, putting in, and then trying to use, like, I think the delight factor was higher. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to see if that holds as I continue to invite more people in. Like, if you've got one of these metrics connected, are you more kind of thrilled uh, from the get-go? Uh, halo effect, maybe. Um, yep. So we'll see. But yeah, that's that's fun too. And it makes it really easy to do stuff like, yeah, let me take my recurring revenue and grow it by 3% a month. Um, and just 
<laughs> blur the event and there's your answer you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> it's just pull in bank account balance pull in mrr from ProfitWell. yeah exactly Ugh. yeah so so that's another use case that i'm exploring is like okay can we double down we will end up doubling down on integrations as a theme at some point i can see the ceo saying look i don't care if you guys ever operationalize this tool as a finance department, as a marketing department, whatever, but this is my <laughs> digital moleskin, my whiteboard, where if I want to be able to just hit a dollar sign and be able to bring in or look at the current number of whatever's and whatever, like I want you to just connect all of our systems to this. So I have a, I have a scratch pad, basically I have a sandbox that I yeah. can play in and say like, well, what if we raise our prices? Well, let's just do dollar sign ARPU <laughs> plus 50 like mm-hmm. there's a price increase you know um as opposed which to, is what people use like erp systems and data warehouses and stuff like that yeah days, or still i guess yeah it it uh minds minds de- our minds are definitely racing we <laughs> it's also a big market <laughs> it's a big market yeah i think the one thing that's delightful is just the diversity of job titles in the early access signups. It's not finance is, uh, I want to say definitely a minority. I don't know if it's like, you know, less than 20%, but it's definitely less than 50%. A lot of product management, software development, consultants, sales, growth, you know, all these people who create G sheets probably once a week or something. And most of them are small. And we do have an early adopter who created four, (laughs) he created four boards in like a day. And it validates that theory of like, most people aren't trying to create one monolithic P&L mm-hmm. <laughs> spreadsheet to rule them all. They're just like, ah, I just want to think about this. And now I just want to think about that. And um, yep. and then pretty soon yeah. you'll have the ability to just drag, like you just draw a box around a bunch of, bunch of your um, mm-hmm. events and then you just copy and paste into another board, right? That's like, right. That's, yeah. Yep. Or your so marketing like you can, person is like, Here's my board. I'm going to click this event. Say share this event with Derek. Now yeah. you can you can import that event into your boards, mm-hmm. and you know that it has. You can reference it and say, "This is the number of marketing. This is the number of leads marketing is going to bring in." And I'm building a sales model, hmm. but I don't have to. You know, they can own that part. I can own this part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can design that part. I can design this part. They can you manage cross board, board, cross board, cross board references. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good stuff. So that's the thing. It's like then, and and then you've got ultimately our enterprise sale is going back to the CFO or the CEO and saying, you now have seven or eight departments doing cross board referencing. Would you like to basically stitch all those together? Would you like to see the bird's eye view of all of those? Like, would you like to see? you know, sort of mm-hmm. the whiteboards from each department, how they connect and then, you know, orchestrate at a level yeah. higher than that. You know, that's the, the enterprise uh, price, but by back to where we are today, like we're trying to basically get a, the MVP done by next Wednesday, which is to say product, product complete um, paid features, 80 to 90% complete uh, for the initial launch. And then basically spends June 15th through 
somewhere in early July, adding in all of the CTAs, the upgrades, the pricing, the the billing, and probably working on some performance stuff, probably sneak in a few other features. Hopefully it doesn't actually take that long, but <clears throat> then going back to those early adopters and saying, hey, you can now, you know, you, you're on the paid version. <laughs> uh, we've grayed out the three models out of your four. You, you get to have one for free. If you'd like to unlock those or whatever, you can put in your credit yeah. card information, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Integrations will be a paid feature. Integrations, being able to color your event boxes a custom color and um, uh, are probably the two most probably in-demand integration. Oh, and multiple models. Yeah. So those are like the three that we have in mind. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm our, our big goal is to get exciting traction in the door here in July and then be able to go into August and September, like with a growing, rapidly growing business, man, as Peter, <laughs> we said this podcast many times, that's, that's what I want. You know, I think that's, that's what we all goal. want, but like, that's my goal is like, not even thinking so much about break even or sustainability at this point is just like, can I see that initial adoption, that growth slope be exciting, you know? Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're finally there <laughs> two years later. Well, I got to say, man, it's, uh, I've been playing around with the product a lot in the last couple of weeks or here and there as I've, I've been working through some of these, own, some of my own like modeling problems, like, like, should cool. I, can I afford a developer right now how much money do i need to raise all, all that kind of stuff and like it's been it's been really sweet uh you know working with the real product and uh, i'm excited to see it get out there thanks yeah I, I think it's another thing i'm curious about is like does it resonate extra with more technical people or i think visual mm -hmm. people is what people who are visual and you know it's, it does seem to work really well i had another person tell me like i'm a visual person that that's self-described <laughs> mm -hmm. just like i like this better um so yeah we'll see we'll see um i'm a little you know i'm i'm, I'm worried about a little worried about the six month horizon just in terms of the business sustainability etc but like right now all i care about is how the next month goes so yep 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 <laughs> so sweet thanks yeah i'm excited for you man the i'm my mind is blown <laughs> and it keeps getting blown <laughs> as i see pretty wild to see this product vision that i didn't even understand from the beginning kind of just evolve and i was like oh yeah of course oh yeah right Whoa. <laughs> it's really funny to hear yeah it's it's I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, and it, it's funny to hear you say that because it goes to show like we're, we're all in our own worlds. And so like a huge part of that is just my problems are not your problems. My vision is not your vision, but you know, we've, we've done this podcast now for quite a few episodes. <laughs> and so it's, it is interesting how, yeah, until people like all along, this is, this has sort of been there in a way. It just like took users beating it out of us to, to basically say not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Um, but yeah, I think somebody asked me recently, they're like, well, you know, is this the last time? Like, do you know, this is, is this, and I'm like, I don't know how to make it fundamentally better at this, after this, like, if, if this isn't it, like there's not another like fundamental thing. 
maybe we could do something or whatever. But like this to me was sort of the, yeah, pull out all the stops thing. And so I'm relieved to hear you say that <laughs> because it's like, I don't know if there's not really, not really another card to flip after this. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad better late than never sort of thing. I mean, I'm just glad to see that my co-host is building is not trying to build like some crazy thing that defies the laws of physics or something like that because <laughs> at at times i was little little worried that you were you were you were basically blowing everything up and starting over mm, and mm -hmm. it it sounded crazy and but it, it kind of also is crazy but yeah it's pretty exciting to see where it's at now like and it's happened really fast as well well sidebar like or, or the color commentary is I said probably a year ago that like I dreamed to be able to work on the language full time right. at some point. I think raising the seed round uh, that we did, being able to hire Giles and Ryan meant Ryan was able to focus on operations, customer communication, support, marketing, taxes, all that stuff. Giles was able to focus on front end development, you know, all the client side stuff, and basically left a giant swim lane for me which is like oh my gosh i can write a real parser and a real interpreter and develop a real little language that is feature complete like and tested like it, it's almost like this i hate to say it but like it's almost like if this opportunity had been funded funded differently from day two maybe not day one because i didn't know what i was building but like once i had that realization i probably could have gotten here a little bit sooner but that was the key is like being able to put those two things aside and just focus on the language piece and like that was the most fundamental thing but it's just kind of a little painful in hindsight in that sense to say like i had to wait a really long time to earn the right to focus on that piece <laughs> even though it was the highest leverage because that's what you have you, you know yeah it, we can always talk about the reasons why, but like, yeah, that was, that's been the key, um, is me being able to focus on that part for like three months straight. <laughs> so mm -hmm. anyway, um, yeah, well, long episode, but we did it. We did Lots like good stuff. three by 30. So there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Sweet. Thanks, thanks guys for joining Derek. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Good to see you. Talk to you later. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.